For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Matty, good to see you, as always. Man, it's this one's special. I think our, our guest outshines every single other human who ever put on a helmet at, at Wisconsin. But uh, I'm going to try. My heart is not the fanboy you, Lee. But I think Matt Perkins is going to have a huge problem yeah, uh, in that uh, area. Fair warning, fair warning to Lee and everyone listening because uh, th- this is a really special one for me. I mean, we had Craig Urbic, so we had a Badger-Bill combo before, but but Lee Evans was uh, a special player in my mind. He's here with us today, and I couldn't be more excited. So, Lee, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate you having me on. This is uh been hearing about you guys, obviously bumped into Bernie, so looking forward to doing this. Yeah, we're trying to make a name for ourselves out here. Yeah. Trying to bring some old guys back. You know, we had Antaj on, I think, to kick it off. It was a pretty interesting guy. We've had B. White, as you know, who's a very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. As you guys know, we are, in fact, presented by BetOnline.ag. The football season is in full swing on the gridiron. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 when you do. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. But we couldn't be more happy, uh, Lee. I, I mean, dude, you are, I don't even know what to say. Like, you are a mythical creature at Wisconsin. Like, I have dudes who would come visit me who don't know you and say, hey, that's Lee Evans in the bar. And I'd be like, man, how do you know what Lee looks like? <laughs> and dude just recognized you um, no matter what. And, and people ask like, oh, who'd you play with? And all I have to say is Lee Evans. And they're like, okay, got it. Yeah. I mean, how I, I try, I'm going to try not to be like all over you the whole time, but how awesome is that feeling to have people just know you so well for what you were able to accomplish on the field? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one is speaks to kind of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin fan base and, how knowledgeable, how supportive, how loyal they are. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a great institution, but the people, the fans, really, really make that place special. And so, um, you know, to be able to come back years later and people still know who you are, I mean, it, it definitely feels special. And uh, you know, when we were back a couple of weeks ago, with so many guys back, right, and you see so many names that you hadn't seen in a while, but you know, the love is still all there, all there, and 
all of those guys being back and getting recognized is uh, it's, it's, it's special. And obviously with Coach just leaving, um, you know, his whole legacy, being a part of that legacy is, is special because the guys who came through there, um, you know, they really, they really love each other and believe in each other and are there for each other. So uh, it's a, it was a special time in, in, in Wisconsin sports. So let's talk about how you even ended up there in the first place. Cause you grew up around Cleveland, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Ohio, like Wisconsin has recruited IOS somewhat in the past, but it's not exactly like, you know, it, it's not, it's not that same like New Jersey pipeline. It's not the in-state pipeline. It's not, you know, a lot of guys come from, from Florida. So what, you know, how did Wisconsin get on your radar and how did you sort of end up there over and how did you choose that over the other offers that you had? So uh, it was a guy that I played with in high school, Chris Chambers. And so uh, he ended up going to Wisconsin. At the time, I didn't really know much about Wisconsin, right? I was, you know, I was Ohio guy. I was Ohio State guy um, growing up in Ohio, you know, hate Michigan, you know, love Ohio State. Nobody else really mattered, right? <laughs> um, and so when, when, when Chris went there, um, obviously we played on the same team. I was younger than him. Uh, but uh, Henry Mason, who was the who was the, the receivers coach, you know, he saw, you know, saw Chris and then he saw me and kind of stayed with me, followed me. And, you know, as I was playing football and running track and things like that, he kind of, you know, kind of stayed with me. And obviously knowing Chris there and, you know, and then bringing a bunch of Ohio, Ohio guys. There were some guys from Youngstown, Mike Eccles, um, who, who was also there. Uh, Delonte West, John Fabre, like all these Cleveland guys, they were they were there, and so uh, you know going through the whole process as I got to be a senior, and I go to Wisconsin, uh, who had been on me for you know since I was a junior, uh, and seeing a lot of Ohio guys there, and seeing the success that they were having, seeing the success that the team was having, um, you know it seemed like a good fit. How influential was uh, Coach Mason? I know you guys were great friends or are great friends. Yeah. I mean, coach Mason, coach Mason is a special guy. He's a special guy. And, uh, you know, he really not only, you know, pushed me, but, you know, in the recruiting process, it was, you know, my family, uh, my parents and really getting to know them and, um, and, you know, being a sounding board for them when they came in the, in the, in the Madison to visit, um, he, he was there all the way around. And so, you know, that part of it, but, you know, he can, you know, he knew how to bring it out of you too. Right. He was, you know, he was a, he was a Midwest guy, you know, went to, went to school in Michigan. So, you know, he was a non, a no nonsense type of coach, but he was a great coach, great personality and, you know, really knew how to motivate players. And so that's why a lot of receivers under his watch had success because, he knew, you know, he knew how to get the best out of out of out of athletes, and you know, and make a few mad in the in the, in the process as well. But that's part of it. That's part of it. So, so what was the best piece of advice you got from Coach Mason? Whether it was something about on the field or off the field? Um, I, I mean, I can we we can do this whole podcast. On <laughs> you can just talk about all of the different quotes and. And everything, but you know, one of the things, one of the things that he always said was, you know, don't be scared to have success, right? Just because you might, you make a good play, you make a good play, 
Like, don't think that that is, you know, that that's everything. You know, don't be afraid to do it again and do it again. And then when people expect you to do it, do it again. And so, you know, it was that type of that type of pushing for me that was, you know, that was special where it was, you know, you made one. Let's see how many you can make. You know, let's see how far you can go with it. Um, and so that's that's something that I always remember to this day. I just, I just love that Coach Mason could coach you in like a like a, a humorous way. And you knew yeah. that you made a mistake, but it didn't come out like some other coaches who would like just go hard at you, like straight up, like you suck. He was like, you know, Burn, that ain't that ain't gonna that ain't gonna work around here. It was just kind of like more humorous, but I you definitely take to those things. You know, I stood behind Coach Mason because he called all the personnel groupings when mm-hmm. we'd run in. Yeah. So I was around him pretty much like the whole entire game because Coach White was up in the box. Yeah. So I spent all the time with him. And I absolutely I mean, I love that guy, but yeah, it's just so it's just so funny. And you're right, he's such a good coach. I mean, look at the guys he's he's had. Yeah. You know, I mean, Ali Evans, you got Brandon Williams, B. White. I mean, you got Darren Charles, J.O. I, mm-hmm. I could go on forever. I even think he had probably a lot of influence on Owen Daniels, kind of yeah. moved over. Yeah. So wait, I got to ask you, dude, you were a high hurdler. How did that? How is that? Yeah. Yeah. So I tell you, man. So track, track is the only thing I ever quit ever. Right. And this was in seventh grade. So I was on, I went out for the track team and, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't fast enough to make the, you know, the top two or top three running the hundred or, um, and so they tried to make me run the two mile. Oh God. And I'm like, and you know, and the coach is like, no, just, you know, just do it for conditioning. You have like, Mm-mm. <laughs> I can't, you know, there's no way I'm running. There's no way I'm gonna be that guy getting clapped in when everybody, you know, as the last person to finally finish up this race and so we can move on to something else. Like I just, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't do it. And so, um, so my eighth grade year, um, I came back out and uh, they needed another hurdler. So I was like, okay, I'll try hurdles, and you know, end up being decent at it. But I never really wanted to run track at all. And so when I got to high school, our high school had a really good track team. And a lot of guys on the football team ran track. So, you know, they kept pushing me and, you know, pressing me in to come run track. They come out, you know, we need, we need a guy, we need a guy. And, you know, long story short, I ended up getting out, I ended up, uh, I ended up going out running and running the hurdles. And we had a really, really good hurdling team, you know, like the shuttle hurdle, hurdle race. Mm-hmm. Um, and in high school was one of my favorite races of all time, right? It's just a, this is a fun race because, you know, you don't often get four good hurdlers on, on a team, right? Sure. And so we had like five. So it was, you know, it was a competition. So we would go, basically, we was just trying to go to school meets. And, 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 and the big meets and break those records. That was our goal every time. Let's just go, let's break the record, see how many records we can break. So, um, so that's how I got into it. And, um, and, and, and it was one of the best things I ever did, for sure. Have you always just been like an amazing athlete, like from kids all the way through? No, no, not really. I mean, I was, I was 
small, undersized, but, you know, I just always played hard and, and I was fast, right? So, um, but, uh, you know, after, but I always played. I always played something. Baseball, <laughs> basketball, front yard football, mm-hmm. at the playground basketball, at the playground baseball, no, no, nothing organized, right? My parents, right. you know, ain't had time to shuttle me to different sports and all of that. I think I played two leagues, little league at our rec center. Um, and that was like during the summer. But other than that, it was, it was just everything at the playground until middle school where you could start playing, playing for the school. When did it click for you then that you could catch almost every ball that was ever thrown at you? You could run, you could beat guys who were probably some of the best in the Big Ten. Like when did it click? Was it in high school that you're like, oh, wow, I, I actually am a pretty solid football player? Not, you know, it was just more, you know, more for me, it was, it was just about competing. Right. I I mean, I I didn't want to lose. So, I mean, even on my, even on my high school team, I wasn't the most talented guy there, but you know, I was good. I was good in the classroom. I played multiple sports and I was good on the field. Right. So it was just, but I was, I was definitely not the most talented guy. We had some guys go to uh, to other schools who, you know, had a little more, you know, had, I think, you know, more of a ceiling. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And, you know, for, you know, different reasons for different guys. But, you know, and once I got to see where now you're playing, you know, playing in all-star games and things like that, now you're playing against other guys who are going to college, you know, you start thinking, okay, well, beat these guys too. When I get up to college, we'll see. Let's try to beat these guys too. You know what I mean? Whoever it was, <laughs> that was just like the next level of competition to try to win. So, um, so it was never, you know, thinking I was there. It was just really just competing whenever I could, and you know, and, and it worked out. So let's talk about that that transition to college. What was the most difficult part? Was it the physical, the mental, emotional? You know, what was the hardest thing for you to sort of accomplish or transition to as you went from high school to Wisconsin? Um, probably. Really just the unknown. Right. I got no idea. Like we ran a wing T offense in high school, right? So I ran, we, I ran a wing T in a high in, so uh, offense so in high school. You know, a team with you and Chris Chambers ran a wing T in high school. That is that 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 is a crime against a crime. football. And so one of the things that Coach Mason said, he was like, you know, because you know, I was I was good at track as well, but in high school I only had like 37 catches, something like that, right? It was, you know, so it wasn't, I didn't have eye-popping numbers, but I would, you know, whenever I got the ball, I would, you know, do something with it, right? And so, um, but it wasn't like blaring numbers, but one of the things he said, he was like, yo, you know, watch you play football, watch you compete there, watch you compete on the track, like, that's what we need. That's what we're looking for, people who can compete and, you know, and and get into anything and mix it up. So, yeah. so yeah, when you show up to Wisconsin, like what is it like? What, what was that like? Who was your roommate at the at the time? It was uh, it was a guy named Isaac Booker. So he was like a gray shirt from um, from Florida, running back, and you know he never never ended up getting on the field. 
never end up. I mean, I think he ended up leaving after a year or so, a year or two. And, um, and then the next year I was with um, Darius Jones. All right. So me and Darius, uh, we had a little place at the Regent. Nice. Um, so that was, so that was good. Um, and then you remember Delonte, 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 yeah. Delonte who came, who was a, who was a Cleveland guy. Um, and then, uh, and then also another guy who was there was uh, Chad Coons. You remember him? Yeah. The fullback, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he was from Ohio as well. And then his brother ended up coming, who was yep, about, Russ. about our age. Russ ended up coming. So I ended up rooming with him for a year. Yeah. You got a lot of interesting guys you roomed with. And then I ended up rooming with Herbs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ran the whole gamut. So it was all You good. really did. I mean, yeah. you really ran yeah. from some of the most bizarre human beings I've ever met. Uh <laughs> To like Lee, like the cool and common collective guy. Oh man, I Delante was one of my favorites. He would just Delante was a piece of work. Sit there and talk smack to everyone across the montage, and I was like, man, this is the coolest seat I could have ever had. You know, then you had Dantes, it was you. I think Jimmy was over there. Mike Allen, SB, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike Eccles for my first. Mike Eccles yeah. was there. Yeah, that was a wild corridor of lockers. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. definitely forgetting like 30 other guys, but yeah. wait, so Lee, so you went, so you showed up, you went to the seminary, which is like the worst place in the world. Mm. What mm. was your first camp? Like, did you know you're going to play? Like what? No, I mean, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know I was going to play. I was just, you know, like I said, I was just trying to figure it out. I didn't know anything, you know, they're putting in blitz stuff, you know, stuff, route concepts that I had never even heard, you know, heard about, heard of anything. Um, so really it was just raw. One thing I could do was, you know, I got better at was, you know, getting off the press because we had, you know, Mike Eccles who was there, Jamar Fletcher who was there. Right. So mm-hmm. guys was going to get up in your face and, you know, they were, they were good corners. They were all American corners. So, you know, working against them every day got me better. Got me better, got me, because I'm like, okay, until I can beat these guys, you know, mm-hmm. like, or when I can beat these guys, then I know I can compete against anybody in the country. So, like I said, I, it, me, it was just, I was just trying to figure it out. I didn't know, you know, it was just go up, make plays. That's it. So That's outside it. of outside of Jamar and, and, and Scott Starks and Mike Eccles, who was the toughest corner or DB you had to go against when you were on the field outside of Wisconsin? And uh, I tell you, so it was a guy at Wisconsin, Donnie Brady, right? So Donnie played for, uh, he played for the Bears for a while, went to Canada and played, but he was one of those big, long, strong corners that, you know, like working, so I would work man to man with him all the time. Like he was, he was that type of guy. And so when I got to Buffalo, um, Troy Vincent was there. And so Troy, me and Troy used to stay after practice and, you know, he would just say, oh, let's get some work in, let's get some work in. And Troy was like that too. Strong, long, smart to play the ball. Uh, but even though my team, Nate Clemens was another one. And so, you know, 
bigger guys like that who were long and rangy, you know, gave me gave me a little bit of trouble. So the guy, it was a guy in Baltimore who uh, who I played against my rookie year that, you know, that was one I was just like going into that game. I'm a little nervous. It was Chris <laughs> McAllister. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. So going against him, it was just, you know, I was a rookie, but I kind of knew it. But I knew he was, you know, he was he was big, he was strong, he could play the ball. Um, you know, this is going to be a dog fight. So so for him, I, I would say that that's who uh, that's who for me was, you know, one of those. You got to get ready because, you know, this is going to be a challenging day. So before we get into Buffalo and I completely fanboy out, um, we're, we're going to I want to I want to stick at Wisconsin a little bit. So you played with both Brooks Bollinger and Jim Sorge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had Brooks was the starter for your first couple of years. And then you had Jim your final year. What was, you know, a what was the transition like going from Brooks to Jim? And then also, you know, what were some of the the differences between playing with those two guys, either in terms of like attitude or, you know, in terms of like how they read the field, arm strength, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, Brooks was, you know, Brooks was kind of the, 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 you know, quarterback that Wisconsin had been used to, except he was more mobile, he was faster, and he could throw. So Brooks come in and <clears throat> Brooks is going to make something happen, right? Brooks is going to make something happen. And, and, he, and he, even if he doesn't, he's going to fight. Like, Brooks is the guy that you want on your team 100% of the time. And, you know, and, he, and he, he's going he's gonna to step up. He's going to make plays. And, you know, his leadership throughout, you know, throughout the offense, throughout the team is, I mean, obviously we saw when we went back, was it now 20-plus years later? And, you know, he's still the same type of guy. And he was like that in in college, where he was a common presence, and but you know very you know very approachable by anybody. Was going to leave it all on all on the line, right? Sorge, on the other hand, was more who had more of a natural throwing motion, right? He he threw a much easier ball. They were always spirals. They were you know he got a long release, sweet ball, um, but he was more of a pocket guy, right? Like he wasn't he wasn't going to move around a whole lot, but you know, he was standing there and he would let it go and he would let it go. And that's that's one thing I loved about Sorge. He threw a great deep ball and, you know, wasn't afraid to throw it either. Yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with you. I think Brooks was like a tank, but that dude was could take a beating in games. Sorge, not so much. He just was smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but his arm, you knew like when Sorge was in, you'd have like for AD and I, like we'd have to find an open space because he could dump it down. Like he wasn't going to start taking off. Running. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brooks, on the other hand, you're like, dude, I don't even need to turn around because you're not going to dump yeah. it to me. You're going to run. Yeah. Uh, the timing not- on the, all the stuff now is going to be like, look, start running around. Let me find you. You know, that type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So, Lee, I, I want to talk. I have two games that I like absolutely love. The game in Michigan State when you had 258 yards and five touchdowns. Which I think is still a record if I'm not. Both of those are still uh, single game records. Yes. Did you ever go into a game like I didn't go into Michigan State thinking we were going to destroy them, but like, did you go in and know like, wow, man, I'm have like, or I'm having a day like, how could this get any more crazy? Also, Lee, you you definitely hold the 99 yard touchdown pass in Bowling Green. That's a record. Akron. Akron. Sorry. Right. 
it was a it was a Cleveland team. That, yeah, or not a Cleveland team. Sorry, Ohio. Yeah, team. Ohio. Team. Yeah. Man, you saved my hide that day. I, I fumbled the kickoff, and then um, Coach Palermo yelled at me for like two and a half quarters, and then you scored that touchdown. And he like gave up. He's like, Nah, never mind. We're gonna win this game. Um, so, like, Lee, what was it like when you were having like days like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, that game was always a fun game because you knew Michigan State. You know, they were coming, they were playing man-to-man. That was going to be a physical football game, and it was going to be a tough football game. It's basically a man-to-man type of game. Who's going to win? And, um, you know, we, we, you know we, do, we were doing a great job because even that same game, I think Dwayne had like three or four touchdowns, right? So we were yep. running the ball well, you know, play action really well. So, you know, Sorgi was comfortable back there, and it was just one of those days where everything was clicking. And, you know, it, it certainly started from being able to run it because when you get, you know, once you once you get out there one safety high, you know, now we got more opportunities on the outside to eat. And so, you know, and that's that's basically what happened. Dude, you were open the whole entire game. I mean, yeah. we didn't have to run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to bring up the play only because it's so special is the Ohio State, you know, out and up. Mm-hmm. I, I love the play because in the huddle, I'm like, what play are we running? I'm because I actually shifted to a wing and then ran a 12 yard out. I'm the slowest 12 yard out you could possibly run. By the time I looked back, the ball was already over my head. And so I, I just think it's so funny because you had to run what a five or a 10 yard out. And so by the time you were already up the field, I was looking back. <laughs> and so I, I remember just like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, Lee's wide open. He caught it. I'm like, Shaver threw that. You know, like yeah. that was my initial, like, oh my God, did Shaves throw that? <laughs> yeah. As we're sprinting to the line. So like we, when you lined up, like you're, what, what, what on earth is going through your head there? I mean, you know, it's Chris Gamble, right? Yeah. So you know him, right? And so, you know, he's a, he's an all American player, great player. Talking right? about those long corners. He was a long yeah. corner. Yeah, he was a long corner. He was fast. He would gamble. I mean, he was, you know, he was, he was, he was. He was a great corner, for sure, for sure. And obviously, you know, he went to the league and had some success as well. Um, but, you know, going into that, you know, I hadn't even had a catch yet, right? I don't even think I had a target to that point, right? And, you know, he get up, he called a play, and I see I got him beat by leverage, right? I got him beat to the out just, just off the leverage. And so as soon as I went out, I saw him bite hard. Mm-hmm. Right, so I stick my foot in the ground, turn up, and the only thing I'm thinking, "Come on, ball, where you at? Where you at? You know what I mean?" Because yep. you know, Shaver was in there. I mean, he hadn't thrown many passes in his career. So I don't know what's happening. Just you know, you just want to see that ball come up in the air, and, and sure enough, it did. Man, it must have been so cool to run in the end zone on that night. I mean, that was a special night for sure. I mean, they were that eighteen and zero. Yeah, that was a special night. I mean, and you know. Being Ohio from State. Ohio, you know, yeah. being from Ohio and, you know, them, you know, so you, you got all of that going through you as well. Had Ohio uh, State so recruited you at all? They, they came on late. They came on late. So they, they started recruiting me probably halfway through my senior year and, you know, started coming at me a little more and more, but, um, <coughs> excuse me, but, um, but by that time it was too late. I had already taken, you know, I'd already taken at least one visit 
And um, so that was pretty, I pretty much narrowed it down or, you know, ruled Ohio State out once they didn't come, you know, at least by my senior year early on. And then so, Lee, all right, so then we can get into the Buffalo thing, but how cool is it? You were talking about always competing, and then you're like, um, you said something like, you know, you're always competing. You're not, didn't know you were the best out there, and then you get drafted in the first round. I mean, that must have been, for you and your family, must have been so cool. Yeah, well, you know, Bernie, even before that, right? So, you know, my, my senior, my junior year, Right. Is where, you know, where I had a big year and, you know, I had a decision to go or stay. Right. And, and I decided to stay and, and, um, and I ended up tearing my ACL on draft day. Right. Spring game was on draft day. Yep. Tore my ACL. And so that whole process and coming back from, you know, at that point being regarded as a first round receiver, possibly, um, to, you know, going through that injury, sitting out a year and coming back again for a fifth year, um, and doing that again. Yeah, it was, it was, it was gratifying. And it was, it was, um, you know, it was, it was a tribute to a lot. And, you know, I think coach Alvarez is, you know, he was one of my biggest fans in this and, you know, doing all that he could, any, any of the resources that he could, that he could, uh, give me to, to try to get better, try to get me back on the field. Uh, he did. And so he stood by me through the, through the whole deal, man. And that was, um, you know, that's something I'll never forget either. What's your most notable memory of coach Alvarez? Like what is there like one thing that stands out in your mind or one thing that he did or that you just like remember about him the most? I mean, it's, that's a whole nother pocket. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know guys, like, I mean, it's so much, right. It's just not, you know, one thing they said during a motivational speech or one thing they said after a Monday win or love. You know, it's just kind of the whole embodiment of where they wanted you to go, how they how they wanted you to develop, you know, to 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 get you to buy in as a team to win is, you know, that's just the that's kind of the secret sauce that they have that makes them, you know, that that makes them great. Is uh, it is it true that uh, Coach Alvarez brought you a new field? That what? That he bought you a new field? You got hurt on the AstroTurf like that. That that's that was our that was his joke for like ten years. He's like, man, Coach Alvarez loves you so much. Lee he brought you a new field. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Now, I, won't, I, I can't say that that was for me, but I certainly appreciated it. I'll say that because that that old AstroTurf was the worst. I think we all appreciated it. It was the worst. I don't know how Ron Dane ran for four years on that, took all the hits that he did, and never got injured. Oh, man. I mean. Because it was concrete. It was concrete with a quarter-inch astroturf on it. It wasn't, e- it wasn't even that. It was. I mean, it was hard, but it was just like. A br- it was like playing on an SOS Brillo pad. Yep. Right? <laughs> like, so as soon as you hit the ground, like, whatever skin is exposed is gone. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. I remember watching um, Brooks in the shower and I just felt so bad for him because like he had burns everywhere. And it just like he's like, uh, uh, it would like sting. I was like, man, I'm lucky I'm red shirt this year, but I guess next year is going to be brutal. Yeah, and then you put sleeves on and you get burns through the sleeves. It like, <laughs> yeah. your sleeves. Yeah, it yeah. didn't matter. It yeah. didn't matter. So, Lee, I, you know what? When you were in the in the meeting room, everyone's looking up to you. 
Like, what are some of the things you tell, like some of the young guys, you know, like, were you being a coach Mason type with them? Like, what was that like? You know, I, Bernie, I wasn't the most, you know, talkative, you know, all of that. Really, it was just, you know, I tried to demonstrate more than more than talk, right? So I just, I tried to do it with, with my play and, you know, you know, how I carried myself and just how it worked, right? Because that's, that's really what it was, right? Like all of these, you know, you got guys in there who are, you know, star rated athletes and all of this and all of that, but you know, it's hard work that's going to make you, that's going to, you know, take you further. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I tried to be that, that player every day, come to practice, work in practice, you know, try to be great in practice, you know? And so, and just try to be that, that vision for, for younger kids and, or, you know, younger receivers, not even kids, because I was a kid too, but, you know, just tried to work hard and, and be a leader that way. So, um, you know, so that that's when, and, you know, all the guys that came after me, obviously we have great relationships. I talked yeah. to them, you know, B. White, B. Will, JL, all of those guys. Yeah. Um, but Chris was that for me. Um, when I got there, a lot of guys were, were, were that for me when I got there. So I just tried to carry that along because, you know, Wisconsin is, is different, right? And people try to, you know, ask like, what is, is this different? The whole way of, you know, the way our team kind of was together is just very different than, than anybody else. And even leaving, leaving college and, you know, being around a lot of other people, it, you know, it's not the same, you know, you leave college and you kind of, a lot of guys leave college there, but you know, the bonds that we have in college, you know, was, I, I think is, is, is really unparalleled. Okay. So I have, I have agree, two yeah. questions, two final Wisconsin questions before I move on to the league. Uh, number one, we had Brandon White on last week. Tell us a story or tell us something about Brandon White that, uh, like a, a funny story or in your memories of Brandon White. And then after that, I want to know who outside of Bernie, obviously, who was the biggest physical freak you played with at Wisconsin? Oh man. Be white. Uh, be white. So I will say this. I will say this about about Brandon, right? When he when he came to Wisconsin, right? He was this Florida kid coming into Wisconsin, and you know, it's like a whole new world for him, right? So it's like you know, it's completely different. But you watch him on the field; like, he was the best at getting off press I'd ever seen. Just the 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 fluidity of it the flawlessness of it, the ease of it, right? It was just, so I'm looking, I'm like, you know, this dude's going to be, this dude's going to be really good. You know, this dude's going to be really good. He got something that's, you know, that you can't even, you can't even teach. You know, you just, it's just what you, what you have. And so, you know, we got, we got, you know, when he came in, we got really close because they were, you know, really trying to prep him to get to play and everything. And I remember his first time in the cold, <laughs> his first time seeing cold. He just wasn't ready for it. He wasn't ready for it. He wasn't ready for it. And, you know, coming from Florida to Wisconsin in January, this is rough. That's rough. That's rough. Especially just after Christmas break and went back home. 
And now you come back to this where it's, you know, you're going from 71 to negative one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nah, he, he, he struggled with that. He struggled with that. But, you know, Brandon and I, we, 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 we've been, you know, we've been, you know, we, we got disconnected for a while and, and, and we really over the past, I would say seven, 10 years probably now, um, have been working, you know, been working together and talking together about, you know, all the stuff that he was doing, um, you know, from when he had, you know, just was doing his, his, um, uh, receiver training, the little camps and stuff like that to, to where he is now. So seeing his, seeing his progression from where he was to where he is now, I think is, is, is remarkable. Is remarkable, and 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 the journey that he's taken on that path has been has been special. So I know he was on the show. I know he was on the show the other day, and you know he can he can he can he can talk now. He, he wasn't always like that. He was <laughs> not, not always, always like, that. like that, right? He was always a fiery guy, but you know now he really has some stuff on his on on his chest, and he's really been impacting people's lives, and it's great. Oh, I. I completely agree. And then you have B. Will, who's, I think in your room, he's the one who is the most verbal. <laughs> I think yeah. the whole team. I mean, yeah, he's going to be the bird. He's going to be that. I just, I just love that he, any room. he did not change from the second he got there to the second he left. Like, it didn't matter if Lee Evans was in your room and you were brand new. Like he was telling everyone he was going to do these things and he backed it up, which yeah. I thought was so cool. I mean, I didn't love some of the stuff in the weight room. He'd be like, yo, JD, let's make this harder. And I was like, JD, Let's not listen to Brandon Williams today. I don't want to hold the plate over my head. I'll hold it. You remember like we do the leg and you have to hold it behind your head. He's like, let's hold it up. I'm like, dude, it's still 630 in the morning. I don't want to do this. (laughs) Guess what? JD thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, just imagine, I mean, just think, you know, in the three that came after me, B white, B will and JL. Mm -hmm. Right. Three completely different, but like the blend of that is just yeah. is, 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 is special. It's really special. And so who was the biggest freak? It wasn't me who you played with. Man, I tell you, when I first got to Wisconsin, Aaron Gibson was like something. I mean, you didn't even it's like know. Cartoon character. Like <laughs> right? I mean, it was like, what? Right. I mean, he was six, eight, six, nine, 400 pounds. He's like, Duncan, he's like, wait, what is, what is going on here? Like, what is this dude doing? This dude is incredible. <laughs> you know, that was, so I, I would say just, I mean, you know, I was young at the time, but that was, that was still something I'll never forget. Like seeing that guy uh, and, and, and watching him play football, some of the stuff he was doing was, was remarkable to be that big. My dad asked a question once of one of the coaches, like, hey, um, what are the scooters? Like, what's the weight limit on a scooter? And they're like, you guys know Aaron Gibson? I'm like, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, well, he gets on the smallest scooter we can find, like, that he has, and he drives away. And he's like, this thing goes really slow, but it still <laughs> it drives him. And I was like, oh, then I have no, I'll have no problem if, if Gibby can get on a scooter. And it, like, But have you seen him now? He's like 200 and something pounds. He looks no, great. I haven't seen him in, in- – Years. He looks awesome. I just really? love that they used to have to bring in um, Rydell to fit his head because yeah. his head was too big for the regular size double X helmets. <laughs> like that scares me. I wouldn't even go. I would never play DN against him. I take a I take a day off. Yeah, it was it was uh, it, 
I think a lot of people felt that way, Bernie. I'll just say that. Got beat up on Saturdays. <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to get to your time in the league. And now you get drafted by the Bills, 13th overall. Um, I'm sitting at home going absolutely wild in my living room because my favorite receiver from my favorite college team gets drafted by my favorite pro team. Mm-hmm. And you were, you, you were pretty adamant about having the number three in your jersey. Mm-hmm. And so now anyone who's a Buffalo Bills fan knows that especially, you know, a, at that point you can only be in the 80s. So you want to get 83. But the number 83 jersey is very special because it belongs to, you know, the greatest receiver in the history of the franchise, Andre Reed. Mm-hmm. How did you manage to get the number 83 jersey? Uh, well, I, I talked I talked to Andre, you know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, for at the time, at the time, I think a tight end had it. I think Mark Campbell may have had it mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I did want it up. I wanted to three in my jersey. And so um, there was a brief conversation that, you know, that I, that I had with Andre. And, you know, he, he kind of gave me the blessing to do it. He just said, you know, and the one thing he said, he was like, you know, wear it right and represent it well. Right. And so, you know, so this is like my rookie year <laughs> coming in. So, you know, no pressure or anything. Yeah, but, no, you know, no, 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 no pressure. If you don't wear it, wear it right. Okay. So, so, yeah. So before we do that, I, I got to do something really quick. <laughs> well, you made this guy's yeah. whole day. You don't, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The throwback one too. That is a throwback. Yeah. Wow. So I had I had to break it out for today. So for those of you just listening, I just took off my shirt to reveal I have the Buffalo Bills 83 Lee Evans jersey. I've worn it to every Bills game I've gone to since I bought it. Um, it is my favorite jersey I've ever owned. And so I I am, you know, I, I I'm double excited doubly excited for this. So um so let's so let's get into it a little bit more. So I have I have a trillion Bills questions. Um so Buffalo Bills actually have a pretty long and storied history about having some really quality wide receivers from James Lofton, Andre Reed, uh, Eric Moles, who you played with for a couple years. Correct. Was peerless price still on the team when you were there? He um, was back for his second stint. Back for the second stint. Uh, yourself, T.O., Stevie Johnson, now Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. you know, out of those guys, I mean, you played with a couple of them. What was your relationship like with those other guys? How did, um, you know, especially with with Eric Bolt, did he sort of like show you the ropes when you were a, a young player? And what was the biggest what was the biggest part of your transition from college to the pro? Yeah, pro right. Pro was you know that transition was very different, right? Like you come in first round pick, um, you're expected to play right away, right? Like you're expected to come in and, and and make an impact. And that team that I went to was a really good team. Um, a ton of, you know, pro bowlers on that team, um, you know, soon to be Hall of Famers on that team. Um, so it, it, it was really, you know, a highly competitive team, right? So offensively, you know, Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback. Travis Henry was a running back. Willis he was there. Um, Eric Moles was a receiver. Uh, Bobby Shaw was another receiver. Josh Reed was there. So, um, you know, coming into it, Mo's, you know, he and if you know, if you know Mo's, he's a 
he's a he's a pretty outgoing guy, Mississippi State, right? So, um, so he, he he's always you know he's always got something to say, always competing, always talking, and you know a great person to look at and look after about you know how you want to play and and get open and and, and really catch the ball. He has some of the strongest hands that that uh, that I've seen. So. Um, but yeah, he, he certainly, you know, he sure, certainly was a big brother to me and kind of showed me the ropes on, you know, a, a number of different things, especially early on in my career while he was there. And so you, you came in with an interesting rookie class because he also had a first round quarterback there with J.P. Lossman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I assume you got a lot of reps having J.P. throw, you know, th- throw you the ball. And you also came in with an undrafted rookie named Jason Peters, who is still in the league, which yeah. is kind of amazing he had been a college tight end and you know he, here he is you know 17 years later now play, still playing left tackle for the bears um you know what was your relationship like with those other rookies were there anyone that you like really bonded with early on i mean both of those guys so jp jp well they both jp but jp lost man uh you know that that was my guy right i mean obviously we came in together it's you know it's you know, receiver QB combo, both first um, round picks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, you know, they were kind of, you know, wishing for that to happen. And when I came in, Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback and Drew Bledsoe was great for me. Right. I mean, he was a big, strong quarterback that liked to throw it down the field. And so, um, you know, we had, we had a ton of success. JP didn't, uh, Lossman didn't play that his first, his rookie year. He got hurt in training camp. And I mean, you probably wouldn't have started anyway, but um, he got hurt. He didn't play that year at all. And so, you know, Bledsoe, you know, we had a, you know, we had a ton of talent on that offensive side and, you know, started slow, but finished, finished with a, you know, finished hot and missed the, missed the playoffs by one game. But he was one, one of the quarterbacks that I love because, you know, he would throw it down the field. Fast forward a year, um, Bledsoe leaves, Lossman's now the guy. And, you know, Lossman was, you know, very similar, right? Throw the ball down the field. You know, we brought in a different office coordinator, I think, at the time. It's my second or third year. Um, and, you know, he was throwing it down the field. Wanted to throw it down the field. And uh, so we had a we had a great connection there. And, you know, and obviously we grew up to grew up in the league together, being both being rookies and you know, both being looked at as, you know, you know, pieces to, you know, to, to try to help get the offense going. Um, <clears throat> and then Peters, now you want to talk about freak athletes. Peters was, he was, it was unbelievable from day one, right? Because he came in, I mean, he was, he was, you know, 330 or something playing tight end but was nice, right? Like me going across <laughs> the middle, he snatches stuff. I'm like, man, this dude is big and making plays. And so, you know, for that whole first year, he's on special teams, blocking punts, scoring. T- I'm like, yo, this dude is, this dude is incredible. And, you know, so fast forward to see him, you know, make the transition from tight end to tackle and still keep that athleticism is, 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 is what's made him one of the most special tackles, you know, in the game. Like who's but, who's one of the most scary defensive guys you played against? Um, I 
Was there any dude you're like, man, keep this guy away from me? Yeah, I mean, not really, right? Not really. Well, because Lincoln you know, just run past them, man. Yeah. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's certain guys you knew who were dirty, who would try to do dirty stuff, um, like that. But nobody that you know that you was just scared of. I mean, you know, you play in the you play in football. You play exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you know. I mean, you know, in here, hey, it might get loud in here. It might you know, might, you have a collision or two, but. You know, I mean, that's just that's part of it. But it was the guys that were dirty that, you know, that you like, all right, you know, you got to kind of watch yourself around this guy. Don't get in a pile with that guy. Yeah, yeah. Or be around the pile. Yeah, or be, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I got to ask, one of my favorite players that you played with was Roscoe Parrish. Because mm-hmm. Roscoe was, I think, maybe the only dude who could have been faster than you. Um, he was, I, I loved his return skills. My, my friends in college always make fun of me because my, my phrase watching every bills would, come, would be get up Roscoe because <laughs> I just, I, I, I felt like he could take it to the house every time, every time he got the ball in his hands. Uh, what was, what was he, what was like playing with him? Was he just like crazy shifty? Did he have anything that like really jumped off the page? Oh yeah. I mean, you look at him he was like a, it's like a human joystick, right? Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> the way he can move, <clears throat> the way he can run at full speed and change direction, um, and and his quickness out of his out of his cuts, you know, is what made him dangerous when he had the ball in his hands, right? And that and that was the only key, you know, trying to find ways to get the ball in his hands. Obviously, he's not, you know, on the outside, uh, you know, going, you know, going down the field that way. So he had to you know, run some screens, run them, you know, drag, just do anything you could do to get the ball in his hands. Because once you get the ball in his hands, you know, anything could happen. Anything could happen. So, you know, I learned a lot from him, from, from him just watching him run routes, um, you know, watching how he played the game. Obviously, he's from Miami, so they got a whole different, you know, they got a whole different way about themselves. And, you know, and it's, it, and it's very competitive. And it was, and it was more of, look, let's, 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 Let's push each other to make each other better, right? Mm-hmm. If you see me, if you see me slacking off, I get on me. Let's go, and I and I do the same. So he he was very much that way, um, and so you know, but but he was one of those dudes that was just scary with the ball in his hand. So you played with a couple other Badgers too in Buffalo. You had Jim Leonard on the team for a time. You had Troy Vincent. What was it like having some of those other guys who had been through Wisconsin? Did you guys have like you know a, a special bond because of that or anything? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously respect is always there. And so anytime, you know, it, you know, I, you know, my time in Buffalo, which was, was, was special, was, you know, unfortunately marred by a lot of turnover. Right. So it was just constant, a lot of coaches, yeah. you know, so it was just constant a new, you know, trying to have a new identity every year. Right. I mean, I was there, you know, I was there for seven years and it was three different GMs. So. Um, you know, so you're get just constantly getting new guys in, new guys in. And so, you know, having somebody there, you know, went to college with or went to the same college with that you had some type of bond with was good because it was it was a lot of, you know, it was just a lot of in and out and a lot of uncertainty uh, around the team as a whole. Yeah, I know we're running out of time. Um, to bring it back to Wisconsin a little bit. In, I think, 2016, Matty P., that's right, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. 
that must be, I mean, what, what does that mean to a Lee Evans to be inducted into the Wisconsin hall of fame? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's special. It's special. And it's, you know, I didn't necessarily expect it. Um, but, but, but it's, it's, it's special because obviously when, you know, somebody else votes you in and, you know, gives you that high praise, it, it means a lot. And I love coming back to Madison. I'm in Madison a number of times throughout the year, uh, come back for games. Um, and so Madison has been a special place for me. It's really where, you know, it's, it's where I grew up and, you know, still have a lot of, you know, meaningful relationships in, you know, in life and in business. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a place that I love. The University of Madison has been great. I love it. And so to be inducted in that Hall of Fame means means the world. And, um, you know, I think, and, you know, my wife's from Wisconsin and her family's there. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's special to be able to come back and be, you know, and just be up on that wall with a lot of other greats. Well, it, it's, it's well-deserved. I mean, definitely well-deserved. I couldn't be happier to have a relationship with you. Like we played together. I've always looked up to you. So I, I still like when I see you, I, you see me when I see you. It's like I'm like the happiest dude on the planet. <laughs> you yes, in Chicago, I had too many beers, but usually I'm still so happy to see you no matter what. Either way, either way, <laughs> either way. And I think that's really special about that type of you know relationship with the Wisconsin guys. Even if you don't see them, yeah. like I haven't seen B. White in forever, but when mm-hmm. I do see him, it's like big hug outside of COVID. Big hug. Hey, what are you doing, man? I miss you. Like, what's going on? So, you know, Lee. You're just a, you're a special human being, not only to Wisconsin, but to people's lives. And dude, you're special to me, man. I love you. Hey, man, I love you too, Barney. You know that. You Listen, know. Matty P loves you. He's wearing hey, your jersey. I know. You know, I didn't even know. So yeah, this is this is this has been awesome, man. And, and it's really great to see you guys. You know, have this show, have some fun with the show, bringing guys back, and you know your take on the show um, is, is is really cool, man. So I really appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, no, thank you so much. This is special. Yeah, yeah we really appreciate it. So uh, that's going to do it for us here today. So uh, until next time, uh, thank you again, Lee, and on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.